Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. You ready? Buff Up, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Steve Vega. Thank you so much for joining me once again this weekend. Uh, Guys, here we are. The season schedule has dropped, and we are in the midst of rookie mini camp, off-season workouts, training. It's all going down. We are in the thicket. Uh, Guys, we made it. It's May. September cannot come closer. I know you guys are anticipated. Uh, anticipating just a magnificent start. It looks like the season's just going to, I think, pan out in the Bills' favor. It's just my opinion. I think it's going to be a nice um, flow, nice test. And according to Joe Buscalia, and I know if a lot of you guys have looked at the schedule of other teams and whatnot, it looks like the Bills are not going to be playing any teams coming off a bye week. That is huge. Um, so definitely keep that in mind when you're looking at the schedule. Um, and, you know, just throughout the season, because <laughs> to not have to deal with a team that is, you know, had X amount of time, you know, two weeks, maybe more, just to be able to plan for you, it, it's a huge, it's a huge deal. So, um, you know, I'm looking forward to it, and I think the Bills are going to be in place, I think, to, you know, contend for another AFC championship. I think that's the plan. I think that's what the Bills want to do. And, um, you know, it's nice going into this season, like, we are not worried about Sean and Josh winning their first playoff game together. That <laughs> having that notch on your belt, I think, is a huge deal, and I know that they are very um, relieved going into the season that they have that done. They are not the Marvin Lewis and Andy Dalton Bengals. They are way better. They are promising, and we are now expecting that the best is yet to come. So I want to start off. Obviously, it's going to be a lot to digest. We're going to get into at the end of this podcast, um, talking about rookies and players to watch. You know, in OTAs, um, you know, obviously mini camp, what's going on, um, and swinging into the preseason, where the season, uh, excuse me, where the roster, you know, could project as far as the fifty-three goes. Um, I'm not going to get too heavy into the fifty-three, but just give a general idea of what I am expecting um, as far as rookies, um, practice squad, um, you know, factors. So. Let's start off, though, with six games that I am circling on my calendar that I hope you do, too, um, that I think are going to be defining games in 2021, just like the, the NFC West games were in 2020. You know, I I don't know how, but the Bills get lucky with a back-to-back primetime schedule. And once again, I'm going to begin here with the Chiefs and the Titans are back-to-back. It's like the NFL is wanting to give, you know, the Bills another chance to redeem themselves because they believed that they didn't get their fair shake last year. I know a lot of us were very bitter about how, you know, the Bills had to deal with obviously the COVID situation, um, you know, going into the Titans games and it, it was an absolute nightmare and then having a plan for the Chiefs and oh, we're, we weren't supposed to play the Titans, but then, you know, yeah, I guess we were 
we were good. They were cleared. I don't know. It was a mess. Um, I think it definitely uh, it, it could have derailed the Bills, right? Um, but let's talk about – we'll talk about the Chiefs. But um, this is my key looking at the Titans matchup because clearly um, their, their backfield just in that game had the Bills number. And the Bills were on hot streak, and then it just felt like, okay, I guess it was kind of a fake. It was kind of a fluke, you know, when you started to see, you know, the interceptions and, um, you know, the, the offense not executing. But look at this. The Titans released Malcolm Butler and Kenny Vaccaro, cornerback and safety that I think are a huge factor in that defense. Then they end up signing Kevin Johnson and Bud Dupree, uh, you know, Obviously, Bud Dupree's a linebacker, Kevin Johnson, uh, a cornerback. But you know, I don't foresee the Titans honestly winning this game. Maybe we go, I think, 24-10 in that game, uh, pending that I, you know, I'm believing that we're going to be able to stop Derrick Henry. Now, that's going to solely that's going to be the bottom line, right? How do you stop Derrick Henry? The Bills have done it before. I think it's just one of those things where. The defense is going to have to take it up another notch on stuffing the run. We're going to have star back. Um, I obviously we're, we got a lot more youth. We can rotate in and out. Um, but you know, again, it's going to be one of those things we have to seal the edge. We cannot rely on our cornerbacks. You saw what happened to Josh Norman. Poor guy got his got his soul thrown into the stands. Like we need a def- we need the edge to seal the edge. Force Derrick Henry to go up the middle. That's all they have to do. Now, as far as Ryan Tannehill goes, I, I think Tammy Wheels, I, I, I have no respect for him. Um, as far as like him being a franchise quarterback, I think he's a great backup quarterback. And you, you, you do not get better on offense by losing Corey Davis and, and putting all the pressure on A.J. Brown. And you lost Jonah Smith. So, <laughs> you know, it, it's, uh, it's something that I think the Bills need to – well, excuse me, that Bills fans, we all need to understand, like, the Bills got better, a lot of teams got worse, but it's going to be the unexpected teams, right, that we're going to see throughout the year that I think, again, they made moves, we'll get there when we get there, but I want to focus only on the sixth game, so that's number one. Number two, let's talk about the Chiefs, man. So, um, they just got beefier up front. You know they signed uh, two offensive linemen. Obviously, the uh, tackle out of the, out of uh, out of the Ravens, and then um, they signed a guard in Cal Long. So, you know, I think this could be a game that reveals how the Bills are looking to compete. You know, I, I believe it's going to be a nickel scheme uh, that gets pressure because that's the only way you beat Mahomes if you're Buffalo. We do not. But here's the thing: because we we do not have a solid third linebacker to execute. In a four-three base like Tampa does. So if you're gonna, if we're gonna like go into that game with a lens, this is my lens, right? Two players to watch are gonna be AJ Epinesa and Jerry Hughes. Something's got to give, and I'm wondering who will disrupt the Kansas City Chiefs the most. The most. You know, I just want to see us improve. Our D line is younger, faster, bigger. Um. But the key will be hunger. That's going to that's be what it's all about. You know, the Bills cannot lose their hunger. And you started to see that 
when they started to kind of get derailed off of those two games, they collected themselves. They figured it out. You know, they go 5-0 and without John Brown. And we got Emmanuel Sanders now. Like, I do not think the Bills are going to go into this game on prime time, you know, <laughs> with the mentality that they can't get it done. We're just going to try to hopefully keep it close. Like, I think the Bills are going to try to disrupt and dismantle Kansas City. Because if Cleveland can, the Bills sure as hell can. Something's got to give. And that's what my lens is going into this season. The more I looked, yeah. <laughs> I think the Bills can be anybody. Okay, but there's there's things you're going to run into. There are factors that you're going to run into throughout the season. We have an extra game. You know, it, it's obviously going to take a toll on the players. So, we, we need to understand that this is going to be a huge adjustment. And I don't know what the NFL is going to do as far as roster spots go. That's troubling to me because if it's going to be 53 all over again, that extra game is kind of a big deal. I mean, can't go 54-55 for the entire NFL. I think that, I think that would be really solid. But, you know, if, if not, we're, we're going to see a lot of, I think, a lot of moves throughout the season to get guys rest. Being ready for the playoffs is key. It's everything. And it, it there's only one number one seed. <laughs> you know, it, the number two seed doesn't matter. Number three seed, like, you positioning, okay, I get that. But, like, the road to the Super Bowl... It's not going to be an easy one this year. And that's what's going to get it, get me into what, you know, I connected with uh, this game in particular. Um, you know, as my as my third game to watch. <sighs> Man, Indianapolis in week 11. They're stacked just, just as much as last year. And I believe Carson Wentz is going to be hungrier than ever in his career and will benefit from a 7th-ranked offensive line, and Frank Reich. Oh, and not to mention uh, the second-highest uh, rushing yards uh, running back in Jonathan Taylor. Kid's no joke. They had the Bills number, and they collapsed in the playoffs. I don't know if you throw that completely on Phillip Rivers, or you throw it on, you know, you know the, the, one of their wide receivers not getting enough separation. You know, in the end zone where I think that touchdown, really, it was just inches. But that's the thing. It's a game of inches. It's a game of, you know, slim opportunities and needing to execute in those slim opportunities. Oh, and by the way, Jordan Poyer, I think, deserves a lot of credit. Aside from, you know, going into this game, like, we all know that was a fumble. And I <laughs> I love me some Jordan Poyer, man. I think he's amazing. I think he's going to be a huge factor this year. I think he has a big chip on his shoulder um, for not getting a Pro Bowl selection. Uh, you know, it, it's it's kind of a slap to the face in, in all that he's done. And I think that in the run game, um, you know, obviously in the pass game, but he's gonna he's just he just affects everything. Uh, so for me, if you're if you're asking me like players to watch shine against Indianapolis, I think it's gonna be again it's gonna be Josh Allen. It's going to be Jordan Poirier. You know, 
how do we quarterback both sides? Um, you know, and, and the safeties are going to be so important in that game because you know, you know that Frank Reich is going to use Carson Wentz in every which way he wants to. Every which way he wants to. So, um, you know, that's where I stand on that. But guys, here we go. Week 12. Need I say more? We're going to NOLA and there's no Drew Brees. It's a four-day turnaround, right? With a, against a gadget quarterback, possibly. I guess we'll see. But and it's a good test and solid momentum swing for the Bills. It's right after that. They're going to swing in a prime time again against New England, which we'll talk about in a second. And the Ralph's going to be rocking. It's going to be rocking, man. So I do believe that Thanksgiving is Josh Allen's favorite holiday. I have a feeling it will be a very intoxicating game for all Bills fans as we watch it post-dinner. And I can't wait to just enjoy that game. And um, <laughs> there's some games I feel like I'm really, really analyzing, and there's some games I just I just want to sit back and watch a good game, watch the Bills play. I feel like last year um, I did a lot more analyzing than I did just trying to enjoy what was going on. Uh, you, you just have such high expectations, and you're just hoping the Bills don't let you down. And they didn't. They didn't let me down. Um, you know, I, for me, the bills just, ah, man, it's, it's so cool. Like they established themselves as a top contender in the league. Like if, <laughs> is, isn't it crazy? Like 10 years ago, the bills weren't even mentioned in the same breath of the top five teams in the NFL. They absolutely are now. It's amazing. And, you know, the fact that the Bills get to play on Thanksgiving, like this is, this is, the, this is the NFL realizing that the Buffalo Bills are becoming America's team. That the Buffalo Bills deserve that spotlight. And I know a lot of people are saying, well, we didn't get the week one matchup against Tampa. That's fine. That's fine. And we'll talk about that matchup as well. <laughs> Um, but first, before we talk about Tampa, I want to talk about the following game here, primetime against New England. Okay, <clears throat> let me put it to you. Like, I, I've gone on the record saying this. I don't think that Cam Newton, I, I don't think he had the best cards to play with last year. Uh I don't think we really saw what he was capable of in that offense. Now, will it be Mac Jones? Will it be Cam Newton? It's yet to be seen. But I do believe that this is probably Cam's last chance. This is it. Like, if you're Cam Newton... You are absolutely all in like never before in this season. And it could have a positive effect on the New England Patriots. With that being said, there ain't no way in hell 
he's going on primetime into Buffalo and beating the Buffalo Bills. No. No. It's not happening. Players to watch in this game are going to be two players, one on the Bills side and you know one on the England side. For me, it's going to be Devin Singletary and Dante Hightower. Motor, if you're listening, the Bills are giving you a chance to solidify your roster spot on the future of this team. We did not draft a running back. I know Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. <laughs> I know they have this game marked on their marked on their calendars because here's the thing. They're getting everyone back. Right? New England was a shell of themselves last year. I will give them that. I will respect that. Do I take that away from the Bills' success? Hell no. Because the Bills had very, very convincing and solid wins last year. Not to mention they went 2-0 against Miami, which was a top defense. Probably just as good as New England's defense going into this year. So I don't want to hear it. Now, what I'm saying is that I think when we play New England, we need to establish the run. Especially with who's coming back. New England is going to try to ground and pound and throw it to the tight ends. Hunter Henry and Jonah Smith are probably going to wreak havoc against a lot of teams. But they do not have a number one guy on the outside. That's their weakness. So, but again, with a guy like Cam Newton, if he gets loose, I mean, let's be honest, that first matchup against New England, they were a fumble away from taking the lead in that game. But Justin Simmer to the rescue. They were driving on us all the way down the field. So I, I, I just, I'm not truly convinced when the Patriots were at their best with a terrible roster last year, that, you know, that, that was them. Like, that's the future of them. No way. Absolutely not. <laughs> um, Bill Belichick... You know, the next three years for Bill Belichick will literally be career-defining. Because the first year that Tom Brady leaves New England, he wins a championship without Bill Belichick. Tampa was struggling. All right, and we're going to get into that game next, <clears throat> obviously. But look, like, the fact of the matter is this. Buffalo is the new New England. Belichick knows that. And if he doesn't get a turnaround quick enough, I don't know if it's gonna if if, if Kraft's gonna give him even more than two years. I don't know. But when you draft that high in the first round for a guy like Mac Jones. I don't know, man. I, I look at Mac Jones, and for me, I <laughs> God, I, I just feel like he's another Stidham. Like I'm not convinced about these guys that come out of big colleges, like at all. 
I don't, I don't think they are. They are the guy you should invest heavily, you know, heavily into out of the draft. I think a quarterback is a position that you dig really, really deep, and you hope you strike gold, just like they did with Tom Brady. Sometimes it shows up when you least expect it, but you know the opportunity to draft that guy. But you know, because I don't know, like I, I can't be the only one thinking here. Him drafting Mac Jones was a pressured move for the franchise. Who knows? I mean, it was some, it was slim pickings, you know, going into the draft this year for the quarterback position. So, um, no one that's going to be, you know dynasty-esque as far as I'm concerned. That's just my opinion. So I think the Bills win easily, but it's going to be one of those things. We've got to establish the run in order to beat New England. Motor and Zach, it's all on you. Hopefully the game plan you know involves them. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see how that all transpires. Now, we need to talk about uh, the fifth game here against Tampa. So, obviously, <laughs> it's so crazy. Literally, week 14, right after New England, we go against Tom Brady. <sighs> you know, I, I don't freaking know. I don't get it. I don't understand. It's mind-boggling to me how Tom Brady, at his age, is still dominating. Think about it. Like plenty of quarterbacks at his age get hit pretty good one time, takes them out. Kurt Warner, you know, Drew Bledsoe was never the same after that hit that you know took him out of the starting position. Uh, you know, Michael Vick, wear and tear. Great quarterbacks. You know, obviously Jim Kelly. Look at where, you know, Ben Roethlisberger. Over time, you have seen quarterbacks that just do not, they, they just, they don't last as long as this guy. Like, it is absolutely insane. Like, I don't know what it's going to take for him to retire. You know, uh, but again, it's like he said, I'm going to play till I suck. Well, I really hope. I really hope that Sean McDermott is able to figure something out against Tampa in week 14. <sighs> like, he was in that division for so long. And to be honest, sometimes I get nervous about Sean McDermott being able to face against his old division, uh, you know, rivals and foes, uh, just because of I've, I've seen him struggle, you know, in the past. But, you know, going against Tampa, what lens am I looking through? For me, it's very simple. <laughs> it's Tom Brady straight up versus the Bills, the Bills defense. Like, I, I, there's not one person, one player I'm looking at. It's the entire the entire defense has to literally play lights out to stop to stop Tom Brady, especially that late in the season. 
that late in the season is definitely when he's looking to try to swing things around to get momentum into the playoffs. What better way for Tom Brady to do that in his mind than to beat a contender in Buffalo? You want that win, just like the Bills want this win. I think even if the Bills were to lose against New Orleans or New England, I think they got this. They got this game marked on their calendar. Now I have them losing. I have them losing this game. All right. I have them losing that game, and I have them splitting it um, with New England and Miami. Like those are the possible losses I got. Right. Um, so I'm just being realistic because of the way the season can change, and especially you don't have John Brown. Uh, you don't know how soon, you know, Emmanuel Sanders is going to be able to get in the swing of things. But again, with that being said, I do believe Emmanuel Sanders is going to be a bigger, uh, factor in the playoffs than John Brown was or could be. And I think his durability is going to be, uh, a factor as well. It, 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 I just feel like the bills are going to attack with a very, you know, possession to possession, um, you know. They're going to have explosive plays, don't get me wrong, but that's just kind of what I think. you got a guy like Cole Beasley, Manuel Sanders, Stephon Diggs. you got big playability, obviously, in Stephon Diggs. But um, we're going to see how everything transpires on the offensive side of the football. But, you know, going back to this game real quick, um, obviously against Tampa, uh, it's going to be a good measuring stick going into the playoffs. You know, right after that, you're going to see it swing around uh, in Atlanta and, you know, into the Jets. Well, you got the other game against New England. <laughs> um, but... Uh, you know, th- this game for me, I know we got all these primetime games. It's really exciting. Um, personally, I expected more. But, you know, for me, I, I'm also surprised this game uh, doesn't have a, I believe it does have an asterisk. I didn't see one. But uh, that it wouldn't become a Sunday night game. This, this is a big deal. You know, I, I think it would be defining almost for the Buffalo Bills. A coming full circle, if you will. Uh, have they grown? Have they matured? And can they beat the best? You know, so that that's just kind of what I'm looking at. So again, I got the Bills possibly losing for these four games. Tampa, Kansas City, and splitting it with Miami and New England. I'm saying that because we got a lot of new guys. I think the Buffalo Bills are going to try to, you know, get back in the swing of things. Um, oh, excuse me, get in the swing of things, <laughs> not back. Um, they're going to need. They're going to need play time. They're going to need to, you know, get their bumps and bruises, understand, learn. Uh, and you know it. You got it. You got to give credit where it's due. I think Miami's gotten better. Uh, you know. I think New England got better. And, uh, you know, looking at how the Bills are going to, you know, match up in this game in particular. You got Mike Evans, you got Antonio Brown's back, you know, Chris Godwin. Oof. I don't know if we have enough guys to go around. <laughs> uh, we may need to get one of these young guys out of the draft up to speed. Um, you know, I'm looking at DeMar Hamlin. I've been, I, man, I've been watching this guy's tape a lot. I'm excited about him. Um, Gregory Russo, I think, is going to be one of those players you probably see towards the end of the year start to really get in the swing. Uh, Boogie Basham just 
I don't know, man, something about him. I just feel like he has that more explosiveness, like he's ready to go quicker. Super weird how the draft works out. You get a guy super high because you're afraid to lose him, right? But then the next guy that you have on your board, from what I saw on some of the takes, uh, you know, from from training camp and whatnot, I, I feel like this kid, you know, Boogie, might be ready to go quicker than Greg. <laughs> so, um, you know, so real quick now, I'm going to get that to get into that final sixth game, and then we're going to jump into the you know the training camp and all that jazz. So, look, week 17, that's going to be fun. You know, Atlanta, Matt Ryan, not too much to get into, but uh, again, it's it's an AFC, or excuse me, an NFC South matchup that I know in the past Sean McDermott has struggled against. Uh, it's going to be good for Sean McDermott. This year's going to be really good for Sean McDermott as far as you know, coming full circle and, and you know, really dominating his former division. Uh, hopefully, right. Uh, so, so we'll see what happens there. Matt Ryan versus Josh Allen is what I'm looking at. You know, who's going to outplay who? Uh, obviously, Matt Ryan. I don't think he's lost a step. I think he's just had a really crappy situation in Atlanta, where everything's just kind of falling apart around him. Um, hasn't really looked good for his career. But uh, if you watch football, if you see what he can still do, um, it, I, I just think with on a different team. For example, uh, just just a good team like San, you know, San Diego, <laughs> Los, you know, Los Angeles Chargers, uh, you know, teams that have all these weapons, you know, just kind of in place and their defense is solid. Uh, I just I just think he does better. Um, I think I think he's definitely you know he can pull a team into the playoffs. Uh, it got a lot of respect for him. Got a lot of respect for what he's done over his career. And I know that Sean McDermott does too. So it'd be a good game to, you know, Mark and Callis, my last one. But, um, you know, I want to jump into now what I'm expecting, you know, going into training camp, you know, OTAs, the whole nine. Man, I am excited to see these young guys compete. You know, the cornerback position, especially CB2. Because, you know, (laughs) I think Emmanuel Sanders and Stephon Diggs are going to expose these young guys. And Gabe Davis. Not to mention Cole Beasley. It doesn't matter who the hell you put against him. He's going to make him look silly out of the slot one-on-one. You know, it's like offensively we are set. Now, as far as the running back position goes, you saw... You know, Devin Singletary. I'm not, look. I know everyone's raving about his new physique, all that, all that stuff. Like, I don't know what that truly means as far as his playing style going into the next year. Now, does that mean he wants to be a bruiser rather than you know he wants to be more of a power back rather than just being a guy who can pull it to the outside? You know, maybe Matt Breed is going to be that guy that they consistently use more, but. Um, like the fact that they didn't draft a running back really tells me that they're trying to invest in a Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. They bring a guy like Matt Breida in on a one-year deal because they can, right? Um, as a fan, I am hoping Matt Breida gets a bigger role. I am just not going in with the 
complete optimism though, just because the familiar familiarity in the offense, all those things, um, I think play a huge factor uh, for Sean McDermott and the coaching staff. I don't think they just want to throw Matt Breida in and just make him make everything happen. I think we're obviously still going to be a pass heavy team, so uh, a lot less opportunities for running backs to you know take advantage of things. So you know we'll see how the defensive line you know develops. I think this is going to be really cool to see like as as the OTAs go on and everything starts to really ramp up how much are they going to try to get these young guys involved? They need live game reps, man. And OTAs are going to happen, training camps going to happen. And if 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 I'm going into the preseason, I'm sitting all of my starters and I'm letting every single young player go at it. I'm letting Jake Fromm quarterback all, all quarters of every single preseason game, you know, then let, you know, uh, Josh Allen kind of take over towards the end, you know, one of the last preseason games. But let these young guys get reps, man. They need them. They need them. And uh, obviously last year you lose the preseason, you gain it back this year. So it's going to be interesting to see how that helps. I think a lot of players are definitely, you know, amped up, excited about that. I think it, it helps everyone. I mean, the fact that Tampa Bay went to the Super Bowl and won without a, without a freaking preseason just blows my mind. Um, you know, so those are things to look at. Like my players, I'm looking at in OTAs, rookie mini camp, training camp, the whole nine. I'm looking at Demar Hamlin. I'm looking at Boogie Basham. Right. I'm looking at Levi Wallace. That's what I'm looking at right now. I'm not sure how they're going to utilize Stevenson. That's the other guy I was kind of, you know, eyeballing a little bit. But uh, we'll see. You know, Isaiah McKenzie has has his work cut out for him. Um, You know, we'll see how that all transpires. We'll see how they want to use the practice squad. Like for me, if I'm Buffalo, I'm, I'm moving on from a lot of guys in the practice squad. That's just me. And uh, it's going to be a little bit heartbreaking seeing the guys that we've seen on the practice squad for so long and not be able to really get um, you know playing time. But I think the Bills were just they, they had them kind of you know in their back pocket just in case type deal. Uh, but we'll see. I'm, I'm I'm waiting to see how what Sal Capaccio has to say about how everything's going to transpire with all that. How many spots they're going to get? Um, you know the whole nine. Uh, I'm not going to be too hasty about who I think is really going to leave because I'm not there yet. And I know that a lot of the reporters are still waiting to see how things, you know, how the chips fall. There's a lot of, there's still a lot of roster spots to fill. Um, but again, you want to see good young players develop. And the Bills have been able to do that. And I think that's what kept that, that is what's kept them competitive. Um, so, you know, we're going into this new season with high expectations. It's high expectations. You know, we have a lot to uncover as far as the season starts to really get rolling midway through. But uh, look, at the end of the day, we all know what the Bills are capable of. And we know what they're incapable of. Right? And... 
I feel like as fans, it's easy to get very, uh, we, we give them the Superman treatment. <laughs> you know what I mean? They can be anyone, anytime, anywhere. Um, like, yeah, I think they can be anyone. But if you're looking at factors, you're looking at anything that, you know, Murphy's Law type deal, like, gotta have an open mind. Injuries can still happen. Um, it's, when you're trying to plan for a season this long, and we don't know, fingers crossed, God hoping, <laughs> we don't have uh, another breakout with COVID or some other, you know, thing happens. I don't know. But uh, hopefully. Luckily, the Bills just have a good, healthy, straight up NFL season. Crowd noise is going to be, I think, a very big factor. So I'm excited. I know you guys are excited. So uh, I'm going to stop right here, though. <laughs> We're going to get into a lot as training camp gets going, OTAs get going, mini camp gets going. Uh, thank you so much again for joining me on Buff Hub, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Steve Vega. Have a great rest of your weekend. Go Bills.